Hello and welcome to Podcast Sands End. This is the show where I want to start a clothing line, but don't know how, so I call people who do. Today on the phone, we've got Mark and TJ from The Incorporated. Uh, Mark started it all and TJ gets things sold. They're a fantastic team, which makes this a fantastic episode of the podcast. So I'm excited to share it with you. I've got some fun news to share as well, but I'll save that for later. Let's jump right into our chat. Episode 20, let's do it. Hey, how's it going? Going well. How are you doing? Good. Mark, right? Yes, sir. And I've got uh, my sales director, TJ, with me. What up, TJ? How's it going? Good. Well, Mark, TJ, thank you all so much for hopping on podcast Sands End. Yeah, man. Excited to chat. Yeah. So before we jump into, do you call it the Inc. or the Incorporated? Like in conversation. Uh, the incorporated. The incorporated. Love it. So I guess before we jump in to that, I'm curious how how it came to be. Like, what's what are your stories? Like, how what was the inspiration behind it? What got you into clothing slash sales? Uh, what are your stories? Um. Well, for me, I started. Uh, the brand in college, I guess I've always been into clothes and, uh, I wasn't too into like fashion. I just, uh, liked clothes and, uh, got into like Supreme and ice cream and, uh, that stuff back in the day. And then, uh, in college started a brand super like streetwear at the time, of, like the hundreds and, um, diamond supply and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, did that through, college and then a little bit after college just kind of on the side but then when um fashion started to make this shift towards high fashion mm. and thing like streetwear and um just this big mix that's been going on yeah that was about three years ago and we retransitioned the brand um to kind of this high-end streetwear thing that was going on so that's when we really started pressing um, the gas and uh, doing full collections and going to fashion weeks and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. How, how did y'all, what was that? And then TJ, uh, TJ joined the team. Our first Paris fashion week, we went to, um, or I needed, I needed people to, I needed a team Mm. um, to help. And so when we went to Paris fashion week, I had met TJ um, through some music artist friends of mine. And he uh, was a stylist guy. I worked at Nordstrom young and excited about everything. And so uh, just offered to bring him on the team and he, he accepted. Nice. So that was like two and a half years ago. And, We've just been going strong since then. Yeah. I'm curious, what did y'all study in college? Uh, I studied sociology. And I got to TJ 
young enough. So he's studying this in college. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Awesome. You went to school for... I went to school for a hot minute. I studied fashion marketing at Art Institute for like a half a semester. Okay, cool. Yeah, I studied broadcasting, so this is totally new to me, which in part why I started a podcast to learn from others because I have a grand total of no idea for most of this stuff. Uh, yeah, man, that's how the best, the best, most interesting brands, I think, usually get started. There's a lot of people that are in the industry from school and they make really cool, amazing work and they are usually super technically talented and, um, but having that perspective from outside of the thing always helps bring something new to it. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'm curious how, how you kind of got, not, I guess how you, but the process of going from, you know, always in your, you were always into clothing. Um, how did you go from, you know, I want to start a clothing brand in, in college to, you know, getting that first shirt or that first hoodie? Like, what was the process behind that? Like, the very beginnings? Um, I guess I've always been into making stuff. So, I... Uh, the point was just to get it made. So I just Googled how to make a shirt. Yeah. And I, I had worked at a screen print shop, um, but it just all came from Google. Yeah. And just being interested in looking it up. It doesn't, there wasn't any grand process to it. I think I had just done a drawing and then went, I mean, we can talk about the, uh, more, the per, like the first collection. Um, yeah. I just, we needed to get some cut and sew clothing made. And so I had one connection with a person down in LA who ran a factory, went down and met with them. Um, their shit was super expensive. So mm-hmm. I found a student from the art Institute who was, uh, did sewing. She, we know, I just kind of learned how to do it working with her and she learned more stuff working with us and um, just put together this uh, real kind of kooky 13-piece collection. Yeah. Um, But I guess the process was to just Google it, jump on the phone and figure it out because you really didn't have any idea. Yeah. So y'all made, like, actually made that first line, like, by hand. I don't know. <laughs> first, second, and some of the third. What was that? So, uh, a lot of the collections are made, like, we have, we have a lot to do with each of the collections and have our hands on for a lot of it. Um, just because, A, it's cheaper, and mm. uh, I guess we have more control over it. Um, but also just because at the end of the day, you have to. Right, for sure. So, 
I guess how how have things been since that transition? Was it one or two years ago since you went from you know super streetwear to kind of the streetwear high fashion mix? How have things been going? Uh, how have the fashion weeks been? Um, I think it's been well, but it there's always constant transition. It seems like I mean everything changes season to season, so mm. it's more just trying to do what we know works and then change what we know doesn't. So, but what we do best is what what Mark does best is design and make dope shit and. As far as my job, is just figuring out new ways to sell things. I know, like, right now we're going through a transition because the retail side, our wholesale side, is kind of somewhat dying out. Uh, I know the future of retail at some point is going to be all online. Mm. But right now we're going through a transition, trying to make everything online and uh, focus on installations and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, so basically in the three years that since we made the transition, um, we got, I mean, there's, it's been, I guess, going, yeah, going, it's been going really well, but uh, it's been just ups and downs, you know, three years is a long time for a business to be, um, you know, existing. So yeah. when we first, we first ended up going to Paris Fashion Week, we actually got invited to Milan Fashion Week and just decided to uh, add in Paris. And we had really never done that before. Mm. Kind of, you know, we're running around Paris. You know, we rented a random spot uh, for ourselves, went and ran around Paris trying to find audio equipment and racks, <laughs> um, invited retailers that we could find, like their e- any email we could find or like... Uh, random DMs um, and got some customers in and not a ton, but some of the best stores in the world came in and, um, and made orders. So wow. kind of the start to our, uh, to our whole thing was working with some amazing retailers all around the world. Yeah. That's really cool. And we just got into it by, you know, kind of by, well, not by luck, but just knowing where to be in good timing. Yeah. And then uh, working your face off once you get there to find people and get people to see you. Absolutely. So is that is that kind of the point of Fashion Week? Like getting retailers to see you and getting noticed? Uh, like, is there a process of getting into Fashion Week or is it just kind of like, if you have clothes, you can go? Uh, it's just a matter of what you do when you get there. Yeah, that's what we thought originally was that it was a thing that you like got into or like a some sort of show that you joined or a building that everyone was in. Right. That is super not the case. <laughs> um, it's just a week in Paris and there's one neighborhood called Les Marais that most of the showrooms and stuff are in. Mm. Um, and that it's just where most people are. So, you know, if, if you just go basically and you get a room somewhere in that neighborhood, yeah, then you try and connect with retailers. That has been kind of historically the model. Mm. Uh, 
things have been changing. We've gone now to five fashion weeks, and since we've been, there's probably doubled the amount of people that go in general. And yeah. the ways in which people use fashion week are also super different now. So when we first went, everyone was doing showrooms pretty much exclusively. Right. Into the fashion shows that make up the main part of it. Um, but now people are going to do all sorts of different things. So pop-ups, um, different types of presentations, mm. uh, just throwing events. Uh, it's really just a kind of cultural gathering at this point. And yeah. Brands, uh, brands and performers and artists are using it in, in a bunch of different ways, um, which has been cool to watch. Yeah, that's really cool. How much of a so basically pre- there's no there's no way to get are there <clears throat> yeah there's no real way to get invited right you just go special thing to get involved yeah you just kind of go and if you've got what it takes if you've got good stuff then you'll do well but if if uh, you don't want it bad enough is it yeah that's interesting that's really cool it's kind of like not hard to be there but with all of the competition you need to you need to really be on point to be there and and to get noticed yeah i think preparation preparing leading up to it like getting all those emails in right getting it wherever you're doing it i mean whether it's like an airbnb or like an actual show play wherever you're showing your clothes yeah getting the address out there and getting all the emails that you can gather yeah up to it for a, a starting emerging brand what would you say where does fashion week whether it's in paris or new york or somewhere else where would you say that lands on the priority list like is that like a new brand first line let's go to fashion week or is it kind of all depending on your goals and where you want to be um if you have if you're planning on spending like a hundred thousand dollars or more on your first collection, you should definitely go. Mm. But well, here's what I'll say about that. Going is different than showing. Ah, uh, yeah. And for a lot of years, we kind of kind of those years before we did our first official collection, we were really out there researching and I would go to like agenda trade shows and go to New York, hit the stores or go to LA. Yeah. And so going there, I think is if you can afford it and, um, it's, it's really not as expensive as one might think, uh, going there is super useful and being there and being present, seeing the whole thing, seeing how it works. Right. Um, that's always good. In terms of showing, doing a showroom, um, putting that capital in, mm-hmm. I would say, depending on your plan for your new brand, that's not, super not necessary. Right. Um, but essentially for a new brand, it's going to be hard, and it was hard for us to get noticed um, by, by a bunch of different retailers. Yeah. There's a couple ways you can get around that, get noticed, and kind of join up with other showrooms. But for a young brand starting in 2018, yeah, I would say 
you just need to go online. Sure. Don't worry about going anywhere in real life yet. Just jump on that Instagram. Right. Yeah, that's like the modern day showroom Instagram. It's the modern day everything. Yeah. <laughs> so Fashion Week nowadays, especially for a new brand with not a lot of money to create a spectacle, to create an experience for people who, to come, uh, Fashion Week is more of a... Like Fashion Week for, for me at this point would be a good experience or yeah, a good thing to experience, to see the culture, to see how things work. But for a new brand in 2018, it's definitely, you wouldn't get the return on your investment with low, low budget to actually try and show instead of go. Yeah. To get, to obtain those retail orders, um, you know, amount that you're going to be able to produce for and get your production prices down. Right. It's going to be real tough um, for a young brand. But I totally think going, trying to make a statement. When you're over there, like, shit is so accessible. Mm. I don't, like, we we snuck into a ton of different fashion shows and showrooms and yeah. met a ton of people in the industry and just got the name of the brand out there. Yeah. Um, and that stuff, shaking hands, when I say go on Instagram, that's, that is true and do that, but... Mm shaking hands and getting a face to the brand um, is super, super useful and super um, good. And so, yeah, I think Paris Fashion Week is amazing because of how, even though it doesn't seem like it from the outside, once you're there, you can, it's, you can kind of get as far as you need, as far as you need to get um, in terms of getting into rooms with people and, uh, yeah. All sorts. Yeah. It's really about the networking and meeting people, uh, which is cool. Uh, my last guest, we talked a lot about how important people are, not just customers, but, you know, meeting people in the industry and, and collaborating, not necessarily like collaborating with a new piece of clothing, but just working with and getting to know other people in the industry uh, who you can help and who, who can help you, uh, which is really cool. And it sounds like Fashion Week, Paris Fashion Week especially, is a great place to to do that, even if you're not spending thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to show your brand off. Totally. Um, TJ has to run. He's got another meeting, but um, I'll keep, I'm, I'm going to be here. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks, TJ. See you. Sorry, I had to leave early. Hey, no worries, man. I really appreciate your uh, perspective. Right on. So tell me about this uh, hard work vacation capsule. Yeah, so um, that's just something special that we put together for the end of the summer. Uh, one of my favorite times of the year. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, made something that kind of connected uh, my visions of what it it's like up in Seattle time mm. kind of connecting that with what I'm seeing in LA really just like color wise, but essentially connect mixing like our forest silhouette with kind of the, um, sharper, redder tones of, uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. But yeah, just did a little, a little capsule for the end of the summer. 
we're going to start uh, getting more active. And we've been kind of a, a big collection once every season type of brand. Right. And we're going to do something now that, um, that we've been wanting to and just do more smaller things um, that have a quicker turnaround, um, connect with our consumer more, mm. and uh, move a little bit faster than uh, our previous uh, major collections. We'll still, we'll still have that aspect. And yeah. Everything we do, they'll be super conceptual and, um, you know, work together. Right. But, uh, we're super excited to just get more ideas out there, do some more collaborations, and, uh, yeah, just hit the gas. Right. Are you familiar with Chinatown Market at all? Yeah. They're like the extreme of that kind of model in my mind. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's cool to see the difference in, in brands between like a Chinatown market where they're trying to like release new things kind of on a weekly basis. Uh, and then, you know, the, the far other end where it's like that solid, like you were just talking about that solid twice a year, once every season, big drop. Um, and it's cool to see how they operate differently. And there's definitely like perks to both. Yeah, it's been interesting kind of once I started really looking at the business side of this stuff. So the idea that there are any rules or any, and hopefully this is what you learned, one thing you learned during this podcast, mm. that if there, if anyone says there's a right way or a wrong way or uh, whatever way to do it, they are wrong. It, there's so many different ways yeah. to sell shirts and to become successful. And they're almost all unique. So that's another thing about taking advice or learning from other people is it is there's a strong urge to do what they do in order to achieve what they did. Right. But that is not the way it works. And it really, in this industry, helps a ton if you're doing what you want to do and doing it how you want to do it. Right. Um, and I think Chinatown Market is a great example of that. Um, I think Betmont is a great example of that, totally in different ways. But all these different fashion houses are like, you know, breaking down their seasons and doing things off schedule. And, yeah. um, and so it's super exciting for us, even though we kind of use our time and experience to learn, quote unquote, the way that you're supposed to do it. and work with retailers and do seasons. Um, once I kind of looked around and saw all these different brands having huge success doing things their own way, that gave me a big boost of confidence to kind of not necessarily totally scrap everything right. we were doing, but just reevaluate and figure out uh, the, the incorporated way to do things. That's really exciting. It is. That's really cool. It's, it, it's kind of like the theme I've seen with a lot of art. You know, you kind of learn by obviously like learning from what is working for other people, but then you kind of innovate to make it your own. Uh, it's exciting that y'all are kind totally. of going into this new season. Uh, and I just, I love the, uh, the tree and the kind of the silhouette. Very cool. Very cool. 
Yeah, then I I kind of grew up. Yeah, as I mentioned, I grew up making things and being into art and crafts and making. My first T-shirt I made was like a dental and a, and a can of spray paint. So <laughs> that's amazing. Actually, a I the first one I just had this wild idea and I cut a little uh, stencil out of cardboard and uh, hand hand painted it myself. And so and I I loved it. So we've got these this capsule is all like hand painted stuff. It kind of connects connects back to what. Um, with, you know, what I've been doing my whole life. And it's always fun to get back to the roots, which is sometimes difficult in this industry because you work with factories and you work with retailers and everything's supposed to look the same. And, right. uh, and it's difficult to hand paint everything yourself. So luckily we figured it out for this collection. <clears throat> um, but hoping to just kind of push the boundaries of me getting involved and designing uh, closer to what I've always loved. And, you know, just, it's always that ever with art, it's always an ever living struggle to just be more honest with it, be more yourself. Mm. Um, yeah. Be better. So yeah. With the de- designs just keep getting better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What? So you, you kind of told me about this, transition into not like completely changing how you release uh, products, but kind of uh, over time learning and, you know, seeing that there are rules to break. What else, I guess, have you learned from, from that time in college where you're like, I don't super know what's going on here, but I know I want to make clothes. So I'm going to jump into it. Like what have you, what challenges have there been or unexpected twists uh, it sounds like Fashion Week was one of those where you didn't really know what to expect, but soon learned. Like, what kind of challenges have you faced, and what have you learned over the years since you started? Oh man, uh, like I guess <clears throat> all of them. <laughs> uh, when you start something with a low budget, yeah, or just in general, when you start something. The way I see it, you can kind of either spend money or you can spend time. And the money is much easier to spend if you have it yeah, and saves you a lot of time and you can get things going faster. But I didn't really have that option. And so the spending time and just learning to do things on my own yeah, um, kind of became the name of the game. So, I mean when I realized we needed a website, I just like figured out how to design a website. And yeah. Fantastic. But, uh, it was, it, you know, it worked. And, um, when <clears throat> we needed to file taxes, I just had to, you know, figure out how to file taxes and learn what QuickBooks was to keep bookkeeping. And right. Realize that you don't exactly know how much to file on your taxes then you realize you need to get an accounting situation. Then you look up accountant and then it says QuickBooks on the Google. And then you got to figure out how to use QuickBooks. <laughs> um, but it's, it's just kind of everything like that. And I, I guess uh, like unexpected challenges, um, I guess are everywhere. And when you 
don't know how to do something. Everything is, I guess, an unexpected challenge. Right. Um, so there are definitely, as a small business, as a um, small clothing brand, there are definitely waves that'll crash you out of nowhere mm. um, that you didn't see coming. Uh, but it's, I, I, you know, I almost couldn't even tell you what those were just because I try to take everything and just learn something from it. So yeah. all these bad experiences, um, you know, stores not paying you or learning, you know, what, how long it takes for production to get made or production not being ready on time, um, production being wrong. These, uh, all these sorts of things happen and it's just, up. I think it's, it's more, that's more in the entrepreneur realm yeah. than in the fashion realm. Um, and you just gotta, I don't know, all those, all those, uh, sappy things, roll with the punches. And, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, they, that, that stuff is all true. Yeah. Hard to apply. Like you were talking about earlier, it is important to apply all these lessons to what you're doing and the way you do it. But, um, yeah, that follow your heart and, uh, do what you want to do. And yeah. if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. That stuff is all pretty much true. It's just a way to figure, it's just up to you to figure out how exactly that works. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm finding like a lot of these things that are somewhat cliche, uh, but are true. Uh, they're easier said than done. And a lot of the magic yeah. isn't in the saying, uh, it's in the actual doing. And that's the, that's the part that makes it really tough, but worth it at the same time. Yeah, totally. It, uh, you do. You, yeah. At the end of the day, there's saying it or tweeting it or, <laughs> right. And then there's, really living it and not, and, and I know mostly from experience of, of, of failures of, of, you know, when I wasn't true to myself or, so I'm not definitely not saying that I'm a one at it, yeah. um, but just that stuff is, is matter of fact. Um, and if you can believe it and if you can chase it um, for the right reasons or for your own reasons or whatever, yeah, it usually does work out. Yeah, which is exciting and terrifying, and all of the good things. <laughs> uh, so, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like, and I'm asking a lot of questions, I guess, about the beginning of the process for you because that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I my goal is this month by October first to have kind of launched my first mini line for fall and winter. Um, so I have the designs made up and I'm like, lear I'm learning to sew and screen print and kind of trying to put all of that together this month. So that's why a lot of my questions are kind of towards the beginning of the process. Cause that's where I'm at. Uh, but it sounds like when you first went out and you were like, okay, I have these ideas and then you, looked for production outside of yourself uh, and you saw that it was super expensive. 
were you doing a lot of hand making at first and and how did that transition are you still like how much hand making it sounds like you're you have others producing for you um was that just a gradual like do as much as I can myself until I have the available resources to uh, ship it out somewhere else? Yeah. Basically, I just didn't... <clears throat> so, I'm from Seattle originally and right. uh, went to school in Portland then went back up to Seattle and uh, that's where I hunkered down in the basement and made the first collection. Right. And... After making the first collection, I hadn't super expected to get orders, but we got the orders, and um, <clears throat> basically all of our money was used up to just fulfill the T-shirts and the hoodies. Right. So uh, there was, in the first collection, there was some camo jackets um, and some bleached denim jackets. Nice. As well as some tote bags that I had to sew forget what it was, maybe, maybe a hundred of each. And <clears throat> that was just because literally there was no one else to do it. Right. And, uh, so I just had to spend the time and get the stuff made. Um, it was, yeah. and then kind of gradually each collection started to phase, phase out the stuff that I was that I was hand sewing or hand making. But then the second collection, we did these flannels that I had to do and um, these varsity letter jackets that I had to sew all the letters on the back of. Yeah. And that was, um, yeah, so it, but, but at the end of the day, that's what we, what I really love. And I think it's super cool that something that I touched is being enjoyed by, you know, people right. around the world. Um, and I, <clears throat> I definitely, it it raises a lot of problems hand making stuff um, mm. once those orders start to go up, um, but there's a huge benefit I think for myself. Uh, the designs are better I think, and um, and so keeping keeping part of that DNA of the brand uh, has been super important, and getting getting back even more of that I think is something that we're we're looking to do soon. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like with this new collection, especially has that very personal handmade touch. Absolutely. Exciting. So as someone, and I I assume a lot of listeners don't have, you know, the capital to show at fashion week. uh, Was fashion, was Paris fashion week, was that your first time going slash showing with the incorporated when you kind of, went from streetwear to uh, high fashion with uh, TJ. Was that your first fashion week? Like, were you... Yeah, tell me about that. Um, yeah, so basically on the first collection, I needed... I'll just tell you the story of the first collection. Sure. Of the incorporated. Which, of the incorporated. Yeah, so... Uh, had done the streetwear thing... Went back home to Seattle. Uh, Pyrex was going on, stamped. Um, Rude was starting. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of this this transition was starting uh, on Noir, and so I thought, you know, I, I had been into 
Raph and Margella and some of that high fashion stuff previously, but hadn't really gotten um, a chance to really touch it at all. Yeah. So once I saw these other guys heading in that direction, I was like, that's the way we got to go. So um, designed the stuff, got the student to make it, um, had this 13-piece collection in my parents' house, uh, <laughs> but didn't, you know, didn't know what to do with it. So right. I drove down to L.A., and my parents were like, I, you know, basically, you got to get some orders or you got you to gotta quit it with this thing because I had been kind of doing this thing on the side for a while. Yeah, so, motivation right there. LA, um, I knew a couple, um, I didn't know them, but uh, I knew of a couple models that I had wanted to work with. Yeah. Um, uh, this guy named Chandler and this guy named Andrew and then this photographer named Diego Andrade who I thought was really dope. So got a hold of them and needed to do a lookbook. So I went and shot a lookbook with them in San Francisco and then sent it to Heist Nabiety because I learned what a press release was. Um, cool. Did the press release, sent it out, and they picked it up. Um, and so after they picked it up, we got some German sales agents who... Uh, hit us up and we're like, Hey, we want to sell, sell the brand. And I didn't know exactly what they meant. Right. Um, but we kind of went back and forth and I had to kind of every email they got, I'd Google some of the terms and figure out what they were talking about. Right. But essentially decided to go ahead and do this, do it with them. And they got us into, uh, I think it was six stores, but, Great stores from all around the world. Great in Tokyo, Cam Twenty in Australia. Uh, less or no, Cam Twenty in Moscow. Lessons in Australia. Yeah. And um, then after that, uh, being on the high society thing, we got invited for the next season to go to Milan Fashion Week. Actually, right. Part of a trade show called White, but in this special high society area. So. Once we got that call, that was, you know, definitely the coolest call of my life up until then. Right. Um, but then I realized I had to, like, figure out how to do a European Fashion Week trip. Right. Um, without having any idea what I was doing. So we went, um, <laughs> had this amazing trip, took a couple friends, uh, that music artist that I talked about, Dior Worthy, um, and then asked him to bring TJ along. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, just hit it. We went, we went to Rome. We went to Pitti Uomo in Florence. Holy cow. Um, snuck into that. Got, got passes kind of sneakily. Yeah. Uh, went to Milan fashion week, did our, um, did our showroom or did the, the trade show. Um, and then did Paris on our own, um, <clears throat> kind of inviting, people bought on a whim and uh, posting on Instagram and uh, set this, you know, set this showroom up there and uh, the rest is history. That's amazing. That's like, it sounds like it was that first press release, you know, you're, uh, 
mom was like, hey, get some orders or else. And you're like, okay, I'm going to get this lookbook done. Get a photographer, get a couple of models, put your clothes on them, get the press release, get noticed, and then just kind of run, roll with the punches. Uh, and it's almost like a chaotic, controlled fall forward. That is exactly what it's like. <laughs> and like, Yeah, but basically everything that's ever happened good to me happened because I made something with intent. Right. And I can't always do, I, I mean, I tried to do that always, but um, I know that that, for me, that that really helps is for us, our, you know, I think our photo shoots and our lookbooks um, kind of tell an important, unique story. And um, that's been really good for our brand DNA is to, uh, we have kind of a weird take on things, but yeah, it's ours. So. I love it. You like it. Okay. Uh, I want to take too much more of your time. One kind of more question. Uh, what, what tips, if any, what advice would you give to uh, a brand that's starting up that can really only afford the Instagram side of things? Uh, you know, fashion week isn't super an option, but you know, what would you say to someone who's looking to just go online? Like you, you, you mentioned earlier is kind of a smart thing to do now. Uh, and that's probably the route I'll be heading. And I imagine, you know, I see I'm searching new brands every week for the podcast and a lot of them are purely Instagram based. So like what kind of tips or advice would you give in that realm? Um, Instagram, like most things, uh, is something that will give you back as much as you give to it. Mm. Um, and the beautiful thing about that is that it's very easy to give to it. It just takes, you know, some finger muscles and some time. So, uh, it's not like it is, you know, it is like going to the gym or something where putting time into it gives you benefit, but you can literally do it anywhere at any time. So the main thing about Instagram is to just, I think, express your story and express what you want people to know about um, the brand. Uh, so in terms of that, I mean, there's, there's a ton of different, you know, like advice that I could get, you know, you need to identify a customer base, and right. connect with them. Um, however, really they prefer to be connected with. Yeah. Uh, but you need to make, you know, a website, where the product photos look good and are available, you need to make a, you don't need to, it's good to make a uh, straightforward process between going to Instagram, clicking on the link in the bio, mm. going to the online store, finding the product and clicking purchase now. Right. You know, that, that process has to be pretty straightforward and easy. For right. To do. Um, you know, there is a mixture of sponsored ads and um, marketing, online marketing that you can do that will improve things. But that costs a budget. We haven't really done too much of that. We've mm. kind of played with it. Um, and then just connecting with people. A ton, most of everything that has ever come to us has come from either myself or someone else reaching out and saying, hey, I like what you do. Um, 
and I'd love to work with you, do it with you, yeah, make something happen. And so getting out there uh, and connecting with people is just kind of a foolproof way of, you know, making things, making something happen. But consistency is another, is another important thing, especially in this, in this world is yeah. things we've been, we, you know, the incorporate has never really popped off. It's never had this huge, huge push. We've done this retail thing and, um, that's gone well for us, but, uh, but we're just still here, which is, uh, which is just useful for us because it just gets bigger and bigger with time and my, uh, whatever it is that makes me just keep, keep pushing this thing. Um, I, it's, you know, I know it'll be worth it at, at the end of it. So just getting up and however much time you have to put towards it, try to put as much of that time towards it as you can. And you'll always, fall behind and you always say you're going to get the website done by someday and you're not going to get it done by that day. And then it's either up to you to just not get it done or to get it done the next day. Um, and then that'll just happen over and over until you die or retire. That's all for this episode of podcast. Sands and Mark, TJ, thank you so much for hopping on. I really appreciate it. Go follow them on Instagram at The Incorporated. Uh, make sure you spell it with zeros instead of O's. And at TheIncorporatedClothing.com, spelled with just O's. If you enjoyed the show, hit that favorite button, hit that subscribe button for more. I am chatting with a local shop owner tomorrow, so I'm excited to share that with you. Keep up with the show on Instagram at PodcastSandsEnd and PodcastSandsEnd.com. Matt, where have you been? <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, it's funny, I recorded this episode early September, but if you remember, I mentioned during my conversation with Mark that I'd be releasing my first mini clothing line on October 1st. That time has passed, and I indeed did drop that first line last month. It was crazy, and I'm excited to do it again. Uh, it'd mean the world to me if you would go check it out at the underscore sans underscore end on Instagram or sandsend.bigcartel.com. Thank you so much. I do plan on releasing an episode of the show where it's just me kind of talking about my experience releasing that first line after talking to all of these different brands. Uh, as usual, you can follow my journey at Real Matt Andre on Instagram and Matt Vlogs on YouTube. I do also plan on releasing a video uh, about last month's adventures, so stay tuned. All right, one last plug, Benjamin Banger. You are listening to his track, Church. You can find a link to his latest project in the show notes at podcastsandzen.com. That is officially all. Stay tuned for our next episode with Rob, owner of August in Madison, Wisconsin. So until then, peace, love, and rock on. <laughs>